Welcome to Texas Ag Today, a daily look at the latest news in Texas agriculture. Texas Ag Today is produced by the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, with the largest farm news team in the Lone Star State. Now here's the host of Texas Ag Today, Carrie Martin. Welcome to Texas Ag Today. I'm your host, Kerry Martin, along with the largest and most experienced farm news team in the Lone Star State. And we're all standing by to bring you the latest news in Texas agriculture. From the Piney Woods of East Texas out to the rocky ranges of the Trans-Pecos. And from the Panhandle down to the Rio Grande Valley. With state lawmakers assembled in Austin, the legislative agenda includes a number of issues of interest to Texas High Plains ag producers. I'm James Hunt, and I'll have that story on Texas Ag Today. Many junior livestock shows in the Coastal Bend area will have a different look in 2021. This is Harvey Beering reporting from the Corpus Christi area. Advances in existing technology to help farmers with crop yield potential. I'm Tom Nicoletti and I'll have that story on Texas Ag Today. We'll have those stories plus the latest news from Washington, Texas wildlife news, and a complete look at the markets all coming up. But first, here's Jessica Domel with news headlines. Rainfall and snowfall have helped lessen the impacts of drought across some parts of Texas. Over the past week, the percentage of the state suffering from moderate or worse drought fell from 81 to 58 percent. According to the Texas Water Development Board, that is the largest one-week improvement since September of 2018. The board reports that thanks to snowfall and rainfall that fell January 5th, more improvement is expected on next week's report. Registration is underway for the Caprock Crop Production Conference scheduled for January 22nd online. Speakers will discuss lease agreements, weed management strategies, and drift minimization. A link to RSVP is available at today.agrilife.org. Due to the coronavirus pandemic, the Master Marketer Series this year will be held online via Zoom. The series is an annual comprehensive marketing course developed by the Texas A&M AgriLife Extension Service and the Texas A&M University Department of Agricultural Economy. This year, speakers will give an introduction to futures and options and a grain and cotton outlook. They'll also discuss working with a broker, budgets, marketing plans, agricultural policy, and livestock. The series is free. Advanced registration is required. It will be held online Wednesdays from January 27th through March 3rd. From 10 a.m. to noon, there will be a few evening sessions. A link to RSVP is available on today.agrilife.org. For the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, I'm Jessica Domel. The grain market skyrocketed yesterday in response to the latest USDA supply and demand and quarterly stocks reports. USDA lowered the corn yield for the 2021 crop to 172 bushels per acre, and that dropped total corn production to 14.182 billion bushels, much lower than the trade was expecting. They also left U.S. wheat production the same, but they increased domestic use of wheat. That, in turn, dropped ending wheat stocks to 836 million bushels, again, much less than the trade was expecting. All of those factors caused the corn market to jump 25 cents, the wheat market jumping as much as 30 cents. Texas A&M Grain Marketing Specialist Mark Welch says it all adds up to very tight grain supplies around the world. 
you know, the f- reports confirmed uh, the kind of things that uh, the, the market and the, and the trade had been counting on uh, over the last several months. We've got a tightening supply situation. Uh, based on some you know, production issues that we had in uh, the 2020 crop year. And then we've got a very robust demand situation, particularly with uh, exports to China. And uh, we saw, you know, confirmation of, of those kind of numbers, uh, some concern of, uh, you know, production numbers coming out of South America that would, uh, you know, typically maybe temper, uh, you know, both of those issues, be the, be the uh, export competition or, uh, you know, global production numbers. And uh, we've just got a tight situation when it comes to, you know, expected carryover levels of stocks across many of these grain markets. Welch says with prices at these levels, it's a great opportunity to price at least a portion of the 21 crop. The Texas legislative session is now underway in Austin, and there are a number of issues in the session that are of interest to Texas High Plains ag producers. James Hunt has the story from Amarillo. Aside from our local legislators, one of the key people who will be in Austin advocating on behalf of Texas High Plains farmers is Cody Besant, Vice President of Operations and Legislative Affairs for Plains Cotton Growers. As the new session gets rolling, Besant says major items include efforts to expand rural broadband, imminent domain reform, water policy, and of course the state budget. Speaking of funding issues, Besant says one legislative proposal would establish a new program to accelerate research and development of ways to combat and contain plant disease threats. The program, if it wins legislative approval, would be coordinated through the Texas Department of Agriculture. Universities would have the ability to enter into a cooperative agreement with the Texas Department of Ag to apply for the dedicated funds for the early plant pest and disease detection program. That can then be matched with producer checkoff dollars or other industry dollars, as well as we can try to look at federal funding to help match state and producer dollars as well, sort of like a three-legged stool from a financial approach. Besson says for the cotton industry, a major focus right now is on what's known as Fusarium wilt race 4, a seed-borne disease that's popped up in the El Paso area but has not been found in the Texas High Plains. The goal is to try to mitigate where the current threshold is there in the El Paso region, be able to hopefully develop a type of variety of seed that can withstand the virus or offset it, kind of like taking a vaccine, if you will, or a pill whenever you're sick, and that way it doesn't spread throughout the state. Other plant disease issues such as aflatoxin in corn could be addressed through the proposed program. I'm James Hunt on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. Livestock shows across Texas will have a different look here in 2021. Harvey Buring reports from Corpus Christi. In the coastal bend area of South Texas, the junior livestock shows are the major agricultural activities for the months of January and February, but this year they're going to have a little different look. Due to COVID-19, most of the show committees have had to make some major modifications to the schedule, and that's no exception for the 86th Annual New Aces County Junior Livestock Show, which began uh, back on Thursday with the commercial heifer show, and that all took place uh, at the Equestrian Center, where the majority of the activities are going to be conducted this year, with only one species in uh, the barn at the time. Uh, these young people will still have an opportunity to exhibit their animals, but they won't have the opportunity to co-mingle with the fellow chapter members that are showing other species this year, and the access to the public will be restricted due to the COVID restrictions. Most of these activities will be conducted in the 
equestrian center where there's more open-air activities, and the exception will be the swine show taking place on Thursday where it will be conducted in the exhibit hall B there at the show, and our sale is scheduled in Nueces County for Saturday, January 16th, the Blue Ribbon Sale, a big part of the event each year that helps support these young people and their college funds, as well as the opportunity to earn some money to buy projects for next year. We hope everyone will come out. The equestrian center, uh, the main focus of the activity, and live streaming of video for the entire show, judging events will be conducted this year. Now, the showgrounds was also the site of a mega vaccination clinic taking place at the early part of the week, whereby some 4,000 senior citizens in the area received vaccination and immunization from COVID-19 during the first two and a half days of the week. This is Harvey Beering reporting from the Coastal Bend area for Texas Ag Today. Advances in existing technology can help Texas farmers with crop yield potential. Tom Nicoletti has more. My guest today is Meredith Adams. She is brand manager for FieldView with the Climate Corporation. Meredith, thanks for joining us. Let's talk about the latest technology updates for farmers when it comes to the FieldView platform. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. So um, Climate Field View is a software platform for farmers that helps them get all their data in one place for all types of equipment, regardless of color, regardless of brand. And then we really work to help farmers use that data to improve their operation. So whether it's uncovering field insights, working with their local support team, agronomists or field view dealers, or optimizing the inputs that they're using in their farming operation. Our goal is really to help farmers uh, get to that next level of yield faster than they've been able to do before. Uh, so Meredith, uh, the technology of uh, the FieldView platform is being used across uh, farmland uh, in the U.S., including here in Texas. So it's certainly very important for uh, farm productivity on farms uh, uh, here in this state as well. Absolutely. Uh, FieldView is a nationwide tool, and we really believe that digital ag needs to be affordable and easy to use for everybody, add tangible value, and help farmers save time. Uh, and work with the technologies that farmers are already using on their farm today. Uh, so that applies for Texas and everywhere else in the country. Give us a, a quick example of one of the uh, digital uh, information tools at their disposal through this uh, platform that uh, farmers can use while they're uh, in their tractors and combines. Yeah, so in recent months, we've seen an increased usage of climate field view features uh, that are helping farmers collaborate remotely with their dealers, their crop scouts, agronomists, and equipment operators. So that can be mapping fields, uploading data, setting up their equipment, their field view drive, or looking at yield analysis at the end of the season to evaluate by pass, by field, or by individual acre, uh, which hybrids are, are meeting the mark and which ones they need to look and evaluate something different for next year. Uh, so lots of different tools and lots of different ways to connect with your support team remotely. Farmers' time is very valuable. And so therefore, this tool, this platform has uh, been very advantageous for them in, in order to uh, get a lot of a lot of work done in a short period of time and get a lot of information uh, input to, to know what they're doing with their crops. Absolutely. And if farmers are looking to 2021 right now and thinking about how can they save time or how can they work remotely with their dealers, our Seed Scripts tool is a great example 
example of ways that you can work with agronomic partners and dealers to push seed scripts to all of your fields uh, remotely this year. So save a lot of time and have that ready for you. So when you get in the tractor ready to plant, seed scripts is there waiting. We try to help our customers farm as efficiently as possible and really take concerns off their plate. So we've mentioned time, but also accessibility. So when we think about FieldView this year, accessibility has been a top priority. That again is Meredith Adams. She is brand manager for FieldView with the Climate Corporation. I'm Tom Nicoletti with the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. Bald eagles are active in Texas this time of year. How can you find one? I'm Jessica Domel, and I have a few tips coming up on Texas Ag Today. And new research shows that calves should get colostrum sooner than previously recommended. Texas veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd will have more on that coming up next, right here on Texas Ag Today. Parenting is full of surprises. You never know what to expect. So after our son was born, I called my Texas Farm Bureau insurance agent to set up a life insurance policy in case something happened to me. Sawyer is now two. And we'll soon have a sister. There's no one else I would trust with protecting my family. Visit Texas Farm Bureau Insurance today at tfbinsurance.com for an agent you can trust with life's most important decisions. Coverage and discounts are subject to qualifications and policy terms and may vary by situation. We're keeping you informed on everything happening in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today. Well, if you raise cattle, you know how important it is to get that first colostrum into that newborn baby calf. But some new research out there shows that we need to get it into that calf even sooner than previously recommended. Veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd has more. With spring calving season just around the corner, talking about colostrum in calves is important. Calves are born with basically no immunity to disease, and so without colostrum or the first milk, most of these calves will not survive. So focusing on monitoring the calving process is obviously important, but the job of monitoring the birthing process is only half completed. The next portion is to make sure the calf gets up and nurses within four hours, and it seems a lot of producers don't worry about this as much as they probably should. There are two types of immunity, both active and passive. Active immunity develops after vaccination or exposure to the organism. And the term herd immunity is common these days due to the coronavirus in people. And herd immunity is active immunity. It is impossible for a newborn calf to have active immunity. When the calf is born and nurses, the calf receives immunity through the first milk, and this is called passive immunity. And without this immunity, it is very unlikely a calf will survive for a long period of time. It was previously believed that as long as calves nursed the first milk within 24 hours, the antibodies would be transferred. And Dr. Glenn Selk indicates some is transferred at 24 hours, but only about 10%. Almost 65% of the antibodies are transferred in the first six hours, and about 30% by 12 hours. So if the calf goes through a six-hour window without nursing, 65% of the antibodies will not be absorbed. The limiting factor is not the presence of antibodies in the milk, but the gut essentially closes and cannot absorb the antibodies after these time periods. So if a calf is not nursed by four hours, get the cow up, milk her out, and feed the calf. I'm veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd. This is the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. Bald eagles are very active here in Texas at this time of year, so how can you find one? Jessica Domel has a few tips in today's wildlife report. 
Bald eagles are active in Texas this time of year as they search for food. Are you hoping to see one? Dr. Maureen Frank, a wildlife specialist for the Texas A&M AgriLife Extension Service, says eagles can be found in areas that support their diet and habitat needs. Bald eagles primarily eat fish, and they will also scavenge, and they'll also eat small mammals. They'll eat a lot of different foods, but fish is kind of the primary component of their diet. They're very common along the coast, or if you're somewhere near rivers and ponds and areas that are going to support that prey, and also have great big trees. Bald eagles will only build their nests in pretty significant trees because they build some of the largest nests of any of our birds. But during this time of year, even though they're not worried about nesting, You just have to think about, you know, what can support a bald eagle. A female bald eagle can weigh up to 14 pounds. And so for a bird, that's pretty, that's pretty hefty. (laughs) And they can't just be in, you know, some little kind of scraggly tree. They have to be in something that will support them. So usually you're looking for big, tall trees near water are places that you're more likely to see them. And one great resource for anybody that wants to know where they've been seen recently is a site called eBird ebird.org. You can go on there and people will submit sightings that they've seen of any bird, but you can narrow that down to bald eagles and you can look near your area if any reports have been submitted recently. And then that will give you an idea of maybe even a specific park or a specific place along the coast to go look for them. That website again is ebird.org. Today's comments from Dr. Maureen Frank, wildlife specialist for the Texas A&M AgriLife Extension Service. For the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, I'm Jessica Dommel. The cattle complex had a mixed trade throughout the day on Wednesday with live cattle moving lower, feeder cattle moving higher. The grain markets took a bit of a breather after that big run-up we had on Tuesday. We'll take a closer look at all of our livestock, cotton, grain, energy, and financial markets coming up next. Keep it right here on Texas Ag Today. Truck drivers, if you're stuck on a railroad crossing, don't just sit there. It takes a freight train more than a mile to stop, even in an emergency. So by the time you hear this, it could be too late to save your truck and maybe your license or your life. Instead, immediately get out of your truck, away from the tracks, and call the number on the emergency sign at the crossing. That gives the railroad a chance to stop trains before they get to you. Always call the emergency number. It could save your truck, your license, and your life. Go to OLI.org for info. We're giving you the market information you need on Texas Ag Today. It looks like all of our markets took a step back to breathe on Wednesday after the big turmoil that was in the markets on Tuesday. USDA, of course, releasing the supply and demand report, the crop production report, the quarterly stocks report. All of those numbers coming out, and they caused the grain markets to really take off to the upside. We hit limit up in wheat and corn, and that in turn affected the cattle markets. The cattle markets somewhat stabilizing after all of that activity on Tuesday. We closed mixed for live cattle, higher on feeder cattle cattle. February live cattle down 22 cents, 112.25. The April down 17 at 117.47. June live cattle up 17 cents, 115.10. Feeder cattle market higher with January up 35 cents, 133.57. March feeders up 35 at 134.32. April feeder cattle up 50 cents, 136.75. 
Cash-fed cattle market fairly quiet on Wednesday. The Packers are bidding 109 here in Texas. However, feedlots asking 113 to 114, so quite a price spread between the bids and the asking prices. The online fed cattle exchange sold Wednesday morning. We did see some Texas cattle sell. 722 heads sold at 110.5 to 111. Boxed beef prices higher on Wednesday. Choice up 94 cents at 210.08. Select up $1.16, 119.25. Let's check the auction barns now. Gulf Coast Livestock Auction, Alice, Texas. Selling 772 head this week. Trend was steady to higher with two to three weight steers, $1.42 to $1.65. Three to four weights, $1.35 to $1.62. Four to 500 pounders, $1.30 to $1.75. Five to six weight steers, a dollar twenty-five to a dollar fifty-one. Six to seven hundred pounders, a dollar ten to a dollar forty. And the seven to eight weight steers brought a dollar to a dollar twenty a pound. Slaughter cows, twenty-five to fifty-five cents. Slaughter bulls, seventy to seventy-eight. Stocker cows, seven fifty to ten fifty a head. Cow calf pairs, eight fifty to thirteen twenty-five a pair. Back over to the futures market now, where lean hogs close lower. February hogs down a dollar sixty-five at sixty-six eighty-five. The April down fifty-seven seventy-two ninety-five. Class three milk was mixed. January milk down nine cents sixteen thirty a hundred. February milk up twelve at eighteen eighty a hundred weight. The cotton market saw some profit taking come into the market after the big news coming out of those reports on Tuesday. We saw the market spike higher when USDA cut a million bales off of the domestic crop 2020 production. They also increased exports and reduced domestic ending stocks. As traders took profits from that big run-up, we saw March cotton drop 78 points, 80.92. May cotton down 68 at 81.77. The December down 43 76 point 80 cents. The wheat market took somewhat of a breather. July Kansas City wheat up two and a half at 630 and a half, while Chicago July wheat was down three and a half, 647 and a half. A mixed close in the corn market. March corn up another seven and a quarter, 524 and a half, while the new crop September was down two and a quarter, 477 and a half. The energy markets mixed with February natural gas unchanged, 274. February crude oil down 26 cents, 52.95 a barrel. The financial markets mixed. The Dow Jones Industrial Average down 8 points, 31,060. The Nasdaq up 56 at 13,128. The S&P 500 up 8, 38.09. Well, that's a look at our markets, and that wraps up another edition of Texas Ag Today. Remember, we'll be right back here tomorrow to bring you all of the latest news in Texas agriculture. Hope to see you then. I'm Kerry Martin. See you next time. Thanks for listening to Texas Ag Today. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. For more Texas Ag news and information, check out our website at texasfarmbureau.org or tfbradio.com. Texas Ag Today is a production of the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network.